Oh shit! You are now tuned in to the hottest sports podcast on the internet, Up in Flames, brought to you by your boy, Mo Murphy. This is where you will hear some of the hottest takes in the most raw and uncut fashion, baby. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mo. Back with another episode of the Up in Flames Sports Podcast. I hope everybody's staying at home, staying inside, staying safe. If you essential personnel, such as myself, go to work, go home. You know what I'm saying? Stay in the house, stay safe, man. A big thing about this, man, we need sports back. You know what I'm saying? And they keep they, they keep pressing on and pressing on about stay at home, stay safe, stay inside. You know what I mean? Only be out if it's necessary. So, you know, we, we need sports back, man. If there's one thing that's going to make sure that this country is back together, it's going to be sports, you know what I'm saying, sports always bring us back together, you know what I'm saying, and somebody such as myself need more to talk about, but today, what I want to get into is kind of the sensitive subject, it's been something I've been wanting to get into, you know, since the day it happened, and I just never could think about the right way to go about it, the, the right words to say, you know what I'm saying, so none of this is written down, this is all from the heart, but, but I'm going to start on the lighter note of, you know, the 2020 Hall of Fame NBA class was announced. Now, the three major names that was headlined, you know, that we really would get into is um Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, and the late, great Kobe Bryant. Now, Duncan is, you know, the best power forward in NBA history, five-time champion, 15-time All-NBA All selection, two-time league MVP, Three-time NBA Finals MVP, Rookie of the Year, 15-time All-Star, and a 15-time All-Defensive Selection. Mind you, you know what I'm saying? Tim Duncan was 5-1 in the Finals. Could have been 6-0 if it wasn't for that amazing shot that my guy Ray Allen hit in Game 6 of the Finals for the Heat to end up coming back and winning that series. Kevin Garnett won a championship, nine-time All-NBA Selection, won a league MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, 15-time All-Star, 12-time all-defensive selection. And he was really the first true superstar of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Won his ring with the Boston Celtics when they created the big three. So, you know, that was that was definitely one of the biggest... That was a big moment in his career was when, when Kevin Garnett linked up with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and created the big three. And the late, great Kobe Bryant. So, I'm going to just start off. You know, we all know Kobe, five-time champion, 15-time all-NBA selection, 18-time All-Star, won a league MVP, two-time finals MVP, 12-time all-defensive selection. And in Kobe Bryant, he was L.A. And that's really what I want to get into is the late, great Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? Is you know, rest in peace, Kobe. It's been a little over two months since Kobe had the tragic accident and, and moved on to the afterlife and, and left this world and... To be honest, man, that, that death of Kobe Bryant, it really did something to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just certain people that just come off as immortal to us. And and Kobe Bryant was one of them. Honestly, if you would have asked me, when do you think Kobe will die? I definitely would have said, man, I think Kobe will be alive longer than me. I might die at 80. Kobe might die at 120. You know what I'm saying? I just, I couldn't see a day, especially anytime soon, where I would think that a guy like Kobe Bryant passed away. And, you know, it was it, it was tragic, man. It, it was sad. I'm not going to lie. You know what I'm saying? I shed a tear because, man, like, 
I remember I was on the phone with my boy, Will, you know what I'm saying, my bro. We talking on the phone, just checking up, typical, usual conversation. He stopped me mid-conversation. He's like, bro, Kobe died? You know what I'm saying? We on FaceTime. I'm like, man, nah, nah. He said, man, I see it on TMZ. And you know how many times TMZ have, has come out with the hoax, deaths, and things like that. So I was like, hey, bro, I'm going to call you back. You know what I'm saying? Check my phone, and it's everywhere. Fox News, CNN, but... I still didn't believe it because I'm like, ESPN ain't sending a notification, you know. I'm about to watch the Rockets game, you know what I'm saying? The Rockets game about to come on TV. I'm like, man, there's no way Kobe Bryant passed and I'm hearing it from, uh, seeing it from all these news sources and ESPN ain't said nothing. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting in there, I'm in the living room and my daughter's taking a nap and you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm just sitting there, and as I'm seeing it all over social media, I'm seeing it on Facebook, I'm seeing it on Twitter, I'm just seeing everywhere that Kobe Bryant passed, I'm starting to think it's really got to be true. And then ESPN finally sent the notification to my phone that, you know, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash, and that was all they released. So, you know, my mind got to racing, being a father to, being a father, period, but being a father to a little girl, my mind got to racing, like, man, I wonder if, Kobe's daughter was in the in the helicopter with him. I wonder, was he by himself? Then we start seeing reports. Nothing about his daughter yet, but we start seeing reports of, like, Rick Fox was in the helicopter. So now you're thinking, man, Kobe and Rick Fox, you know, was Rick Fox as legendary as Kobe? Nah, but, you know, that, that was a guy of somebody in my childhood. But then you see, you know, finally all the reports start really coming out about who was in the, the helicopter. And you see Kobe was in the helicopter with his daughter, Gigi. And, man, that, that really hit me, man. Like, I remember sitting in the living room, and I shed a tear, man. I shed a few tears, bro, because my daughter in there taking a nap. And, you know, she she wasn't even two at the time. You know, she just recently turned two. But, man, it just hit me, like, being a father to a daughter and, like, just the imagination of, like, man, the, the helicopter going down. And the last thing that Kobe Bryant probably did was tell his daughter it's going to be okay. You know, like. That, that shit really hurt, man. And my daughter eventually woke up from a nap and I just gave her a big hug because it was just like, I couldn't imagine, man. Like, my daughter means the world to me. The same way Kobe's four daughters meant the world to him and the same way he meant the world to his four daughters. And, man, it was just, God, it's like words can't even explain it. You know, my wife called me and was like, baby, you okay? I seen Kobe Bryant die. Like, are you okay? And it's like, to be honest, man, like, he's a celebrity. I didn't know him. You know, he was just a an icon of my lifetime, but it was like, it's almost like, I'm sure a lot of y'all felt the same way, like, man, we lost a piece of our childhood, like, I was born in 95, Kobe came in the league in 96, retired in 2016, I was, you know what I'm saying, I was about to be 21, I was about to be 21 when Kobe played his last game in April, I was in boot camp in the Navy when Kobe played his last game, I remember when Kobe dropped 60, I didn't get to see it, but the chaps kept us. He was a big basketball fan, so he kept us updated while we was in boot camp. He ended up meeting with us and letting us know that Kobe for his last game dropped 60. So until recently, I never really got to watch that game. But, you know, during this coronavirus shit, you know what I'm saying, they showing all these old games. So actually, it was very recent that I actually got to witness Kobe Bryant's 60-point game. And mind you, Kobe was not my favorite player growing up. It's not that I didn't like Kobe, but Kobe wasn't my favorite player growing up. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't a Lakers fan, nothing like that. So I'm not going to sit on Front Street like now that he passed, Kobe was the my favorite player of all time and nothing will ever change that. But it's like, man, Kobe, 
You know what I'm saying? Kobe was, he was Kobe, bro. The Mamba mentality, like, all of that was just something. The 8 Kobe, the number 24 Kobe, like, I was there for all that. That was my whole childhood. That was my whole life. And you know what I'm saying? When sometimes people become icons and, and things like that, you kind of relate to them. You know what I mean? You kind of, you, you really start to relate to them. Like, you watch Kobe play on a Thursday night and Friday when you got out of school, you went to the driveway or, or the court, wherever you were playing ball at at the time, and you mimicked his moves. You know what I'm saying? He was one of many that, that I would do. His fadeaway jumper was second to, to Dirk. That's about it. But it's like, man, Kobe was really an icon, bro. And like, you know what I'm saying? When when it when he passed and I'm watching it on ESPN, you know, the Pro Bowl's on. And I'm watching the Pro Bowl and, and they're taking a moment of silence and they're showing the reactions from some of the players from in the NBA because there were NBA games going on that day and people are crying, people are upset, watching Doc Rivers' speech. Like, man, I, I, know, I know if y'all are big on basketball and y'all were big Kobe fans or, or not, but you know, if y'all were big on basketball, man, y'all y'all remember that Sunday, man. That was a really tragic Sunday. Like, my wife came home and I just gave her a hug, man, and I almost like broke down. And it it wasn't it was deeper than just the death of Kobe. Like, I could really relate to him, especially as of late, as far as him being, you know, a girl dad and everything like that. Like being a father, that death hit me a lot harder. Cause it was like, man, I just I couldn't imagine being in a helicopter with my daughter. And the last thing I got to do is tell her I love you and give her a hug and tell her it's going to be okay, knowing that it's probably not going to be okay. But just knowing that I had to be the man that I am and comfort her, like, man, that's just, you know, when his wife losing her husband, his his three other daughters losing their father, like, they're not going to have that, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, his wife losing her daughter, you know, she also lost the kid in this. Not only did she lose the love of her life, she lost the kid in this and, and, her sisters lost their sister. You know what I'm saying? And to be honest, man, Gigi was going to be, you know, she was probably going to be the next up and coming popping thing in the WNBA. You know, I was watching an interview where, you know, way before Kobe passed where somebody was, he was saying how somebody said, man, you need to have a boy to carry on the legacy. And Gigi felt like that was her, her job. Her job was to carry on Kobe's legacy. And Kobe was fully invested, man. Like Kobe changed the game for a lot of people, man. Like, he was my he was my generation's Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Jordan was still in the league when I was born, but by the time I was really old enough to remember, man, Jordan was really on his way out the league. I mean, he won a couple championships. I was an infant, you know what I'm saying? He played for the Wizards. I remember that. I remember watching the games, playing with Jordan and the Wizards on NBA Live, but, man, it, it was – I just remember Kobe, man. Like, that Mamba mentality, that his – his speeches, the stuff he would say, man, not only did it apply to basketball, but it applied to life. Like, Kobe was out here giving life lessons. Like, he was for making people better. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, the man won a Grammy for a book. Like, an NBA player won a Grammy for a book. Like, man, his shoes was, you know what I'm saying? He was up there with the shoes. Everybody used to have Kobe's. I remember the 2K4 Hirachis that came out back in the day, like, I had those, man, and it, it's just, it's really crazy, man, like, I, you know, and, and I know it might seem like, man, I'm really struggling to, to really talk about this, because there's no right, right thing to say about the death of Kobe Bryant, like, like I said, man, when, when Kobe passed, man, it's almost like a piece of my childhood went with him, you know, because, man, that was a legend, man, he was our Tom's Jordan, you know, and, and he just, he wasn't my favorite player, but, man, I, I did like Kobe, man, I liked 
I remember playing, you know, NBA Live and 2K growing up playing with Kobe, man. Even sitting in the classroom, you know what I'm saying, walking up, shooting the, wrapping up the guard paper, you know what I'm saying, crumpling up your paper, fade away. Kobe shooting it in the trash can, man. Like, like that was a tradition, man. Everybody did it. Basketball fans, non-basketball fans, like, Kobe just meant the world to the world. And that Mamba mentality, man, like, we, we should keep that legacy going, keep that mentality going, because... Not only does it apply on the basketball court or on the football field or whatever sport you play, but it applies to life, man. Like you, when you love something that you do, man, you go hard, you keep going, you go all out for it. And and if it if you fail, you get back up and you try again. You know, that was kind of the mama mentality was you work as hard as you can, you perfect your craft. And even when you think your craft is perfected, you keep working because you always can find a dent in your craft, no matter what it be, no matter what your career is, no matter no matter any of that, man, just that's part of the mentality, man, is just perfect your craft and keep perfecting it. Be the best you that you can be, no matter what it is. Kobe's best him was, was as a father to girls and, and a basketball player. And we started really getting to really know Kobe after he retired, like, that's when he was out, you know what I'm saying, that's when he would be in more interviews, like, Kobe during his career, during his, you know what I'm saying, 20-year career, Kobe was fully invested in basketball, you know, he wasn't with the party, he wasn't with the being on the scene, he wasn't here, these award shows and this and that, Kobe was invested for 20 years in basketball, and it was after he retired that we really started to get an insight of his life outside of ball, you know what I'm saying, he was real involved with his daughters, him and Gigi, you know, he was the coach for Gigi's AAU team, you know, he opened up the, he opened up the gym, the Mamba Academy, like, he got invested in the women's sports, you know, he, he was training college, female college basketball players, you know, the girl from Oregon was like, he was a mentor to her, you know what I'm saying? So it's like he really was invested in, in women's sports, making women's basketball bigger than, you know, obviously it may never be as big as the NBA, but he was invested in making it big. Like not only can men play ball, but with him having his daughters, like he made sure that, you know what I'm saying, he was working on really having a platform that by the time it was time for Gigi to be in the WNBA, it was a big deal and she was going to be a big deal. And, you know, her being all these other guys, like that have these legacies and these kids, like, a lot of them are their sons, you know what I'm saying? LeBron has his sons, you know, and, and Bronny and, and Bryce. You know, a lot of these guys, Chris Paul has a son. Like, all these guys have sons that end up hooping and trying to carry on their legacy. And they may never be as great as their fathers, but Kobe had it different. Like, Kobe had a daughter, a daughter that was invested in his dream as far as she loved basketball just as much as he did. And maybe she loved basketball because she loved her dad and she developed that love because that was how her and her dad bonded. But he was fully invested in her living out her dream. And she got to meet these WNBA players. And they would come train with her at the Mamba Academy and things like that. So it's just, man, it's an all-around sad situation. It's really an all-around sad situation, man. Like, And I just never thought I'd find the words for it. And even after this, man, I still don't think these are the right words for it. And, you know, it's just... Man, like, rest in peace, Kobe, man. Rest in peace, the Mamba, man. Like, that, this shit'll never, you know what I'm saying? This shit'll never be the same. Like, the fact that he's gonna be inducted into the Hall of Fame and we're not gonna get to hear one of his speeches. You know, the fact that Michael Jordan at the memorial service stood up and spoke on his behalf and, like, shed tears. Like, when people were standing up speaking on his behalf, man, you, like, 
you really realize what Kobe meant to the world. And sometimes we don't realize somebody's value or worth until it's too late, until they're gone. That's when you really start seeing they value and worth, man. And like, since he passed, like, it's just like, man, that, that man was really a legend, but you take it for granted how legendary he was because he was here. You always get to live in his, his, you know what I'm saying? He went from being a legend in one thing to being a legend in the next. Go from basketball, retire, being a legend, legendary status in basketball, one of the greatest Lakers, if not the greatest Laker to ever put on a uniform, to, to winning a Grammy as an athlete, winning a Grammy for a book that he wrote. Like, Kobe was just so invested in being great. And man, I just hope that that with this, with the passing of Kobe, for especially for basketball fans and people that just can really relate, man, like keep that mama mentality going in your life. You know what I'm saying? Go invest in yourself and and go to the top, man. And whatever you do, no matter whether you're a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, you know what I'm saying? You in the military, you play sports, no matter what it is, man, just you know what I'm saying? And kind of let's everybody have that mama mentality. Be be the best version of you, and, and the best version of you will be great because we all have some greatness in us. And that's one thing that Kobe would teach us if you ever listen to him talk is like anybody can be great, but what separates the people that are great from the people that aren't is the amount of work they put in. And that's why Kobe always consistently just put in work, put in work, put in work. People going out partying, he at the gym. You know what I'm saying? You you partying, I'm getting my – Good night's sleep. I spent extra hours at gym. I'm getting my good night's sleep because he's up at four in the morning back at the gym while everybody else still out partying. Like, And if we all had that same mentality, man, we all could be successful no matter what field we're in, no matter what we're doing. So I just hope with the passing of Kobe is like we can all learn from this and, and take on the mama mentality and whatever we do, man. Just just be great in whatever we whatever you do, man. Like, I don't know, man. It, it, it She's just sad, and it's still sad two months later. You know, it's going to be sad when the Hall of Fame comes around and we don't get to really honor Kobe with Kobe being up there and making one of his speeches because you know it's going to be something motivational. You know it's going to be something inspirational. You know he was going to, you know, apologize to his family for not being there like he should, but then making up for it when he got out, you know, when he retired. Like, it's just... Man, it's it's just all it's gonna be all about Kobe. It's gonna be another tribute to Kobe, and it's gonna constantly be tributes to Kobe. Cause man, like when it comes to basketball, you don't lose legends like this. A lot of legends, majority of the legends are still alive. Even Bill Russell been around for a long, long time and still alive. So that's what that's another thing that made it so tragic was we lost a legend well before his time, and we got guys well past his time, not their time, but his time that are still alive. Like when it comes to basketball, man, let's just some tragedy. You don't really lose the legends. A lot of the the MVPs, the finals MVPs, all them guys, all them guys that had legendary moments, all the legends, Jordan, everybody is still alive. So to see somebody like Kobe so young, you know, 40, 41 years old, man, that's that's young. You know what I mean? So 41, 42 years old, that's that's young for anybody to lose their life, but let alone a guy an athlete, an NBA player, he, and he died in a tragic helicopter accident. That he he constantly took the helicopter, man. But it's just it's sad, man. Rest, rest in peace, Mamba. Your legacy will forever live on. The late great Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, man. Can't wait to get the Hall of Fame 2020 class together and be able to celebrate you for all the greatness you brought to life, the greatness you brought to that basketball court, the greatness the greatness you brought to your organization, the Lakers. The greatness you brought to the city of LA, man. Just the greatness you brought to the country, man. Like you gonna be, you were great. You always gonna be great. 
you know, and, and your life deserves to be celebrated more than just a funeral, more than just one memorial, man. But in other news, there's something that caught my mind. I know I didn't really want to get into it because I really wanted this to be all dedicated to Kobe. But it's the end. Once again, rest in peace, Black Mamba. Rest in peace, Kobe. Rest in peace, Gigi. Rest in peace, everybody else that was on that helicopter. Y'all had y'all were family members of other families. Some people lost their families too. So let's never forget about them either. But man, there's there's something going on in the NFL world. There's a, there's a proposal that I seen from from some writer that says Dallas should consider trading Dak Prescott now. I'm not with the shits on that. And for the reason why I'm not with the shits on that is because his proposal was trading Dak and our number 17 first round pick for Miami's number five pick and a third round pick. Now, as many times as I've dogged Dak or said he wasn't this or said he wasn't that, I'm not giving away Dak and our number 17 pick for the number five pick in a third rounder. No, sir. If I'm trading them to Miami for that number five pick, look, Miami got five picks in the top 50, man. If if they inquire about Dak Prescott, man, I need a little more than your number five in the third rounder. And I'm giving up my first rounder. They got five picks in the top 50, man. And if you're trying to take Dak, we're going to be starting from scratch. I'm almost wondering why we would even consider trading Dak right now. We franchise tagged him. We got new coach Mike McCarthy. I figured this was going to be a year where we give Dak a chance to prove himself to a new coach and see if he's going to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? And if he fits Mike McCarthy's system, then we keep him. We sign him long term. Bing, bang, bong. He going to get us a Super Bowl. That's like the plan. But clearly after seeing that, man, I'm like, man, I wonder if Dallas is really considering trading Dak. I doubt they're really considering. I really think it was just an idea that got tossed up. But, you know, Theories and ideas don't come just from nowhere, especially when it's coming from people with sources like ideas and theories don't just come from nowhere. If this man making a, a scenario with what they should do about trading Dak, he might hear some rumblings from somewhere that Dak could be on the trade block come closer to the draft time. Mind you, the draft is next week. So, man, I just know if if we're trading Dak to get Tua. We can't go all in on Tua, man. We're in our window for the Super Bowl. And if we decide to go all in on Tua, that's going all in on Tua. Having the number five pick, and then at number five, it would be no guarantee that we would get Tua because you got the Chargers who might try and jump up. You know, the Lions could take a quarterback. I very seriously doubt it. But there's a few teams that might try and jump up and take Tua right before us, you know what I'm saying? There's some teams that need a quarterback that might jump up. So if we get the number five pick, the only way I would even consider making that trade is on draft day when Tua is available at number five. But I'm still not convinced. Like our roster is a win now roster. So I'm not and we have Mike McCarthy. Like, there's no excuse for Dallas not to make a run in the playoffs this year. I'd like to see us go to the Super Bowl. I'm not I don't want y'all to take this like I'm saying Dallas is going to the Super Bowl. All I'm saying is we blame Jason Garrett the past few years while we come up short. There is no excuse now. We have a winning coach in Mike McCarthy who has won the Super Bowl. It's a win now roster. We have arguably a top 5 roster. So there's no excuse. We have the coaching. We have our quarterback, we have our star running back, we have our star receiver. We got guys on defense. 
So I'm not really willing to put all them stars in the hands of a rookie quarterback with injury history. It's not that I wouldn't like to have Tua, and it's not that Tua's ceiling might be higher than Dak's. But right now as a rookie, like you're going to throw a rookie in with the pressure of one playing in Dallas, which is America's team, whether you buy into that or not. You know, Dallas is America's team, whether it's because y'all want to see us win or y'all want to see us fail. We America's most love and we America's most hated because just as many people that want to see us win the Super Bowl, there's that many, if not more people that want to see us fail. So I think that's a big reason why we became America's team. But man, I just, I don't know, man, I'm not going, I'm not in on going all in as far as giving up Dak this year for Tua. Because Tua's going to be put in and we're going to expect him to play because ain't no way in hell we finna give up Dak and leave the team in Cooper Rush's hands. We won't win shit. We'll be we'll be looking like we might be an old 16 team. All that damn talent with Cooper Rush throwing the damn ball. Oh, hell no. I'm not willing to give up. I'm not willing to give up the season like that because then we get into it. So it ain't like we tanking for damn Trevor Lawrence or tanking for Justin Fields or some shit. Why don't we just keep Dak? Get Jalen Hurts in the second round. Get the what we need in the first round, man, and go all in, man. And if anything, you know, we'll, we'll be too good. Typically, we're too good to get a top quarterback. Eight and eight, you're not going to get the best quarterback in the draft at eight and eight. That's what I mean by being too good to get a top quarterback. But, man, if we, if we really make that move, man, I'm almost convinced that we might go on full-blown rebuild. And if we're willing to trade Dak, I'm almost thinking we might consider trading Ezekiel Elliott because we probably could get a first-round pick from, from another team, especially a team that's right there at the win-now window that could use a running back. So I'm almost convinced if we really considering giving up Dak, we will, we considering giving up anybody. And if it's for Tua, I get you looking farther down the line and you might be afraid to pay Dak because – but let him prove that he's that dude. Don't give him up. Don't give him up now. You franchise tagged him. It really seems like you're not giving him a long-term deal because you want him to prove himself under Mike McCarthy. But, man, at least let him get a few practices in with Mike McCarthy before you just flat-out determine that he's not your guy. He's not that dude. The man still it still has potential. He's a good quarterback. He's not great. He's good. He's, a, he's an above-average quarterback for sure. He's not a top five guy, but he's an above average quarterback. And Mike McCarthy is allegedly the quarterback whisperer and makes guys better. So he makes his quarterbacks better. He turns good ones into great ones and he turned great ones into legends. So let's see what Mike McCarthy could do with Dak before we just let's pump the brakes on this trade talk or whatever kind of talk it may be. Let's pump the brakes on that because I'm not ready to give up Dak and go all in on tour and expect a rookie quarterback to take that talented roster anywhere. But I know I talked a lot about Kobe. I just had to throw throw the Dak Prescott situation in there, man. It's been on my mind. It's been bugging me that Dallas really would do that. But, man, look, I, I appreciate y'all for listening. I appreciate y'all for checking me out. Um, I got my Facebook page up. Mo, uh, I got my Up in Flames Facebook page, so go ahead and like that. You know what I'm saying? Give that Facebook page, the Up in Flames Facebook page a follow. Follow me on Instagram, Mo underscore Up in Flames. That's, that's going to be, I'm going to be posting videos, things like that. I know I've been saying that, but I'm really about to buckle down and get into it. Follow me on Twitter, Mo underscore up in flames. Also, um, I appreciate y'all for listening. Keep subscribing. Keep listening. Stick with me. There may not be a lot of sports to talk about, but we going to, we going to continue to talk, man. There's a lot of things I haven't covered. There's a lot of things that's going to be covered. The draft coming next week. So y'all stick with me. Y'all stay with me. And we going to keep these episodes coming on that note. Murph out. Bye.